When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to The Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday on which the Reds are still top of the league and four points clear that we have played the game more, but we're still four points clear at the top. And that's very, very good, folks. That is very, very good. And what we saw last night was a Liverpool team missing seven, seven starters. And you could argue an eighth starter because Andy Robertson was on the bench, not in the starting eleven. Came on, obviously, but to be missing that many players and go out and win 4-1 in a Premier League game is a really, really good outcome. Now, the first half did not go to plan. The Reds lined up with Kelleher, Bradley, Kwanzaa, Virgil, Gomez. That's one starter in our back five. Alexis, Endo and Gravenberg in midfield. You could argue that's one starter in midfield. And then Harvey, Gakpo and Diaz in attack. And again, none of them are starters. So you could argue that there's nine of our best 11 who weren't in that team last night. That Virgil and Alexis are the only ones. But, you know, let's not get too bogged down in the semantics of it all. We started brightly. Luis Diaz should have put us one up. Made an absolute aims of an opportunity. And we continued to threaten. We created some decent chances. Got ourselves into some good positions. The final ball let us down routinely. The decision-making was not good in the final third. And we got punished for it. On 12 minutes, some lazy defending on our right side allowed Chong in. His shot was saved by Kelleher, but it broke to Ogbena, who headed home from short distance. 1-0 down. And we huffed and we puffed and we couldn't blow the house down for the remaining 30-odd minutes of the first half. It was a very, very frustrating half of football. At different times during that half, 
you wanted to grab hold of four or five of our players and scream at them, all three of the attackers would have led that list. They just didn't look like they knew how to play together. But we came out in the second half, and more importantly, the fans came out in the second half. And after a fairly poor atmosphere in the first half, Anfield was bouncing in the second half, really, really lifting the team. And on 56 minutes from an Alexis McAllister corner, Virgil gets us level. The captain is the one that steps up and drags us back into the game. Two minutes later, we're ahead. Connor Bradley, just elite level IQ, quick throw, spots the McAllister run. Ali Mack just lashes the ball across the, the face of goal and Cody Gakbo heads home. It's an excellent goal. We're 2-1 up and they're all over the place and the crowd is lifting the roof off the stadium. And we came really close to getting the third goal on a couple of occasions. Their goalkeeper made two great saves, but we got our third goal on 71. It's just sloppy from them. Poor ball into the central area. Andy Robertson cuts it out. It goes to Diaz. Squares up his man, drifts past him, having had no luck doing that beforehand. That's a really good finish, really good left-footed finish. And 3-1 is a good reflection of the game. Jürgen makes some changes. He'd already brought on Robbo, but he makes some more changes. And on 90 minutes, we finally get our fourth, a fourth that we had deserved based on how we were playing second half. It's a gorgeous ball by Jaden Dans making his debut. Robbo does really well, wins a challenge in the middle of the field, goes to Dans, gorgeous little ball round the corner, puts Cody Gakbo in. You're expecting the net to ripple. Gakbo gets tackled. The ball breaks. It looks like Dans is going to step onto it and potentially get himself a goal on his debut. But Harvey appears and just whips it left-footed into the back of the net. Brilliant finish. Brilliant results. 4-1 with that many starters missing is so impressive. Seven starters not there. Ibu and Robbo coming on. Uh, Ibu and Robbo on the bench. Robbo came on. To rotate that many for a Premier League game, I don't care who it's against, and win by that scoreline is impressive. And I have to say... Really, really impressed with Luton last night and how they handled themselves. They gave us a proper game in the first half. They really did. And I thought their manager, Rob Edwards, I thought the praise from him about our team and our fan base was really, really impressive because he must have been devastated. His team have just been beaten, beaten heavily, having put so much into the game. But he couldn't have spoken more highly of Anfield, of the team, of Jürgen. Uh, there was a lovely moment as well where Jürgen is on the pitch giving Jaden Dans a hug and Edwards goes over and says, I played against his dad 
Neil Dans, obviously, is Jaden Dans' uh, father, who had a very long career with Blackburn, Blackpool, Hartlepool, Colchester, Birmingham, Crystal Palace, where he might probably be best known for, uh, Leicester, Bristol, Huddersfield, Bolton, Bury, Blackpool, Tranmere, Radcliffe, Halifax, Kone, Key, Nomads, and Macclesfield. It's absolutely insane that this gentleman only retired this past summer and now his son is playing for Liverpool. Crazy. He actually started off in the Liverpool Academy many years ago but left in 2000 to go to Blackburn. Uh, 25 caps for Guyana. Uh, He was player manager of Macclesfield, I think, last year. He's the assistant manager with Tranmere this year. A very long, rambling journeyman career, but a very, very impressive career. Like I know with Macclesfield and, and the more recent teams he's played for, he's been in the lower leagues, but he was playing in the football league right up until the year 2000, which when you consider he turned 38 later in, oh, sorry, 2000, 2020, he turned 38 later that year that's really impressive to be in the football league for that long to play 676 games as a professional with over 600 of them coming with football league teams that's a really impressive career that he's strung together and it's great to see his son getting his opportunity last night I thought Jaden when he came on at first looked a little bit overawed by maybe the physicality and then realized he was more than made up, made for it. And I thought the last couple of minutes, the last few involvements he had just looked really, really impressive. Um, McAllister was brilliant last night. Absolutely brilliant. And for the second game in a row, I'd have him marked down as my man of the match. So impressed. 35 million. 35 million we paid for this lad. What an unbelievable bargain. And we're we're seeing the real Alexis McAllister now because he's playing with Endo. So he's not been asked to be that number six. He's being allowed to be what he actually is, which is a number eight. It's so impressive. So intelligent. Always makes the right decision. So press resistant. And just a demon for going and getting the ball back. What a player. What an incredible player. And Endo as well. I mean, for 16 million, he started, he had a rough start. Like, let's be honest. The first few games he played for us were a little bit questionable. But he's found his rhythm. And him and Alexis, him and Curtis have worked really, really well together. Once he has that secondary player there who can sit in with him, and it gives him a bit of a license to go and hunt the ball. Makes all the clever decisions. Played one gorgeous pass to Diaz last night after a lovely little dribble that helped them go by two players. Lovely clip ball, probably six inches off from an assist. If it's six inches closer to Diaz and he gets to it <coughs> a little bit earlier, he can probably direct it across the goal. Really, really good. Connor Bradley had another excellent showing at right back. 
Gerald Kwanza had another excellent showing at centre-back. Virgil remains the most ridiculous human being in the world. His fourth straight game with 100% dual success. Another good outing for Joe Gomez as well at left-back. Moved to right-back when Bradley went off and Robbo came on. Um, <clears throat> first half was a little weird. Just tactically. We had a, a seemingly, seemingly our approach was give it to Queeving and let them clip it long into their half and we'll try and win second balls. And it worked a couple of times, but it didn't work most of the time. We stopped that in the second half and actually played football and scored four goals. It sets us up really nicely. We can now relax in terms of the Premier League this weekend and leave it to Arsenal and City, or sorry, Arsenal, yeah, Arsenal and City to, to close the gap on us now. City played Bournemouth away in the 5.30 kickoff. Now, you'd expect them to win. Bournemouth are not in particularly good form at the moment. They, they were, and now they've fallen into a bit of a rut. You'd expect City to win, but it won't be easy. Now, I say that, they'll probably go and win 4-0. I think Bournemouth will cause them some trouble, but I do think, I do think City will win. Arsenal are playing at 8pm on Saturday night at home to the Toon. Now, Toon have rectified their bad run of form. They're unbeaten in four. They've taken eight points from the last 12. It's a significant improvement from what they've done in the previous five or six games. They've gotten some of their players back from injury. They still have some other players that are out, but they're looking more like the Newcastle that we sort of expected. And I think they'll cause Arsenal some trouble. They're due to get Joe Willock and Isak back for this game. Now, again, I think Arsenal will win, but I don't think it'll be easy. And both of those teams now are looking up at us, City four points behind, Arsenal five points behind, and they'll be realising they can't afford any slip-ups here because we've opened a bit of a gap. Now, our next league game is Nottingham Forest away, which is a very winnable game for us. So they're likely both looking at it and thinking, we can't afford, because they they don't look like slipping up. We can't afford any slip-ups. Now, in the interim, before we get to that, we have Chelsea in a cup final on Sunday. We have just recorded the scouted ahead of that. So that should be out later today. Then we get Southampton in the FA Cup. As I've said recently, I don't really care about the FA Cup. If we win the League Cup, I won't care about it at all. It would be nice to win. The more trophies, the better. But I really want us to commit to this league. I really want us to try and win this league title. I'm going to continue to say it's cities to lose in an attempt to reverse jinx this whole thing. But if we get if we beat City, 
if we beat Forest and we beat City, I mean, then we're in a really good position. Heading into a final 10 games, which is the easiest of the top three. We'll be getting players back as well. This weekend, we should have Mo back. We should have Darwin back. And there's some suggestion that maybe Dominic could be back. Curtis is probably a few weeks away. Ali, we know, is a few weeks away, maybe a month away. Trent is a few weeks away, but we'll get them back. And then we get Jota back in mid-April. And that could just spark us for the last five league games, plus the... FA Cup, if we're still in it, the EFL Cup, if we're st- or the Europa League, if we're still in that. This is opening up for us, folks. It really is. Last night felt massive. Felt massive. Jürgen has admitted he was tempted to give Trainiani his Liverpool debut last night. My hope is that he gets it against Southampton in the FA Cup game. He's been on the bench now a couple of times. It'd be really nice to see that kid get his opportunity. He is... I I don't really remember an academy player being as highly regarded by those that watch the academy week in, week out as him. Jaden Dans would come close, and we saw last night why. But people are very, very high on Trainiani. Um, on Liverpool.com, there's multiple pieces about Alonso. There's a piece about Alexis. There's a piece about Arsene Wenger. Piece about Jürgen. Piece about Virgil. A couple of pieces about Jürgen again. Some player ratings. Diaz's goal last night means that our five forwards have all now scored 10 goals, which is really, really, really impressive. Like, we were missing our front three last night. What I would say is our front three, Salah, Darwin, Jota. Maybe you feel like Diaz would start over Jota, and that's fine. Um, But we're missing those three anyway, our three main goal scorers. And yet, all three who stepped in for them scored. I mean, that's that's what you need. Mo has 19 on the season. Jota has 14. Darwin has 13. Gakbo has 11. And Diaz has 10. That's really, really good. Then you've got Dominic... And Curtis both with five. Virgil and Gravenberg with three. Gravenberg yet to score in the league, so hopefully he'll get one in the league between now and the end of the season. Endo has two. McAllister has two. Harvey now has two. Trent has two. Robbo, Kwanzaa and Bradley with one each. And we have been... Uh, on the good end of six home goals. We've scored 100 goals this season. 
we have 24 games potentially left. We've already scored 100 goals. Really, really good. Connor Bradley has five assists already. Alexis is up to four now after the two last night. Darwin has 11, which is the most. Mo and Trent both have 10. But having three players, double figures and assists is, is really impressive. You'd like to see Trent get a few more in the Premier League. Only four in the league so far. But still. 75 assists between the squad last uh, th- thus far this season. So impressive how good we are going forward. So impressive. On anfieldindex.com, there is a whole bunch of new content. There's a piece about Alexis. There is a piece about Gary McAllister talking about Jurgen's exit and a few of the different things. Andrew Beasley's latest piece is up. There is a piece about Queeving. And then there is post-match raw from last night, which is uh, myself was started with myself, Trev, and Carl, and ended with Guy, Trev, and Carl, because I had to, I had to go on an adventure last night because someone locked themselves out of their own house. Mm. As you can imagine, getting that phone call at half ten last night. Because you know how level-headed I am. Really did a lot for my mood. Um, There is some suggestion that Archie Gray features prominently on our wish list. Now, Neil Jones has said that sources deny, but sources deny everything in February. Archie Gray is absolutely somebody we should be signing. Archie... If we have a choice between spending 60 million on a, a good to very good defensive midfielder or spending that money on Archie Gray and Lamine Kamara, we should spend it on Archie Gray and Lamine Kamara. And it's not even debatable. Like, I was watching Alan Varela play for Porto last night, and I'd very much like us to sign him. But if the choice was between him, and signing the two, the other two, I'd sign the other two. Now, ideally, I'd like to sign maybe Varela and Gray. It would be heartbreaking not to sign Lamine Kamara, but we haven't been linked to Lamine Kamara. We've been linked to Alan Varela in the past. We've been linked to Archie Gray recently. Archie Gray is, is special. Like He is going to be a hell of a footballer. He's already a hell of a footballer. He's starting week in and week out in the championship, out of position at right back. And he's been tremendous this year for Leeds. Um, there's some reports that were interested in Mark Wehi. I'm not sure I buy them, though I do like Mark Wehi. Uh, there's some reports that Frimpong could be someone we look at. And there's been reports that Pedro Neto is of interest. And I have this fascination with Neto as a left wing back, a la Frimpong, the right wing back, where he's just basically a winger with complete freedom to attack from unusual positions. Trent doing the Grimaldo role, but on the other side, that that would be a lot of fun. 
Uh, unlikely, but a lot of fun. Um, that's it for today, then. That's all I have. So we will be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Scouted should be out later today. Uh, I would like to request that you all take some time from your day and go and listen to the latest Bulls podcast, which has dropped. Myself and Trev did Fatal Deviation. And if you haven't heard of that film, I don't blame you. It is Ireland's first and, to my knowledge, only feature-length martial arts movie. It is so fucking terrible. It's brilliant. It's genuinely brilliant. It's so brilliant that myself and Trev had to break the podcast into two parts. So part one is out now. Please go and listen to that. I've tweeted out the link to the film, but if you just go on YouTube, if you've got an hour and 16 minutes to spare, go on YouTube, type in Fatal Deviation and settle yourself in for, I I don't even know how to describe it, but it's magnificent. It's magnificently bad. Brilliantly bad. Maybe the worst film ever, but so bad it's it's genuinely a, a great bit of crack. And uh, yeah, so please do listen to that. Listen to all the Buzz podcasts we do. Uh, We've been doing episode by episode for True Detective. We will have our final episode recap on Saturday for you. And then we'll do a recap of the series as a whole uh, the following week. So do listen to those. If If you haven't watched the show, though, watch the show first because we do get right into it, so it is spoiler-heavy. Um, so if you're watching the show, give the podcast a listen, see what you think. Uh, we've also done The Rock and Predator in recent weeks, which I think are really good. So give all of them a listen, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.